And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 139, aka season two, episode seven, coming at you this Saturday afternoon. Uh, as always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. Holy shit, he's back. He's back, everybody. MC has returned. Uh, and since he's back, we can now do these shows, uh, for the time being at least, we can resume the live call-in aspect of the show. Uh, so those numbers for you to dial, uh, if you got the notification that we are live, uh, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, call in next week. Uh, look for the announcement and those are the numbers to dial. Uh, so... Where have you been? Is it is this my MC finally returning uh, to the show? What is new, buddy? I oh, was, and happy birthday! Uh, Fucking happy birthday, by the way. Uh, I stopped having those years ago, so no, no big deal. But um, yeah, I was in Thailand for three and a half weeks or so, and uh, yeah, another wonderful experience, um, except for some of the street food that I ate right when I got there. <laughs> uh, got me sick for a while. Um, yeah, I should know better, uh, but, uh, you know, I like living on the edge and all that. So, um, yeah, I get what I deserve. Um, so yeah, I guess they, you know, they don't have as much regulation on, on the street food. Well, I was just about to say, is that something to be said about state mandated safety concerns with what you consume? I mean, I kind of take, take both sides into consideration, um, but the one thing I do like about Thailand's food is a lot of it is, um, natural food. Um, when you go to the street and then they have real food, I mean, it's like real eggs, uh, you know, rice, noodles and whatnot, uh, lots of vegetables and, uh, they like pork and chicken. They don't like beef so much. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's at least... It's at least real food, even if it's not maybe handled as uh, sanitary as I would like. Um, now, is that yeah, something so. you is that something you observe while they're preparing the food? Like you actually go like, well, maybe I can see what they're doing back there since it's street yeah. food. Yeah, and, and it's not even <sighs> back there. It's like on the street they're cooking it, right? Like okay. Some of them aren't even on the sidewalk. They're actually on the street. Um. So one of them, for example, they had, you know, they had the uh, the grill. They were making grilled chicken, and he was using a rag over and over to clean the the top the rack where he was putting the chicken on top of. Right? Okay. And so he would dip it in some water. Oh, okay, like that's gonna do anything. And then he would wipe the the grill with it, and he would he would leave the the towel on on the heat on the side kind of okay i guess supposedly to maybe kill some of the bacteria or something but i'm like still it things that thing's really dirty i mean <laughs> it's, it, it it doesn't look like a good idea okay so i and i'm i don't think that's where i got sick actually i think i got sick from from some pork and and one of the things they they do uh and they're probably used to it 100% but they they just have the you know some ribs or whatever hanging uh you know on a on a hook or something and that's just how that how it sits until somebody orders it and then they slice right. off a piece and heat it up and there you go curing um, it out there as it were yeah yeah and so it's just kind of out there in the elements and no not much protection and 
Uh, so that's where I actually think I got sick off of. But uh, yeah. Uh, but you saw that, the pork hanging. You know, you were aware of the oh, conditions. Well, s- they weren't sort of, trying to hide I, I anything would, from you. No, no. So I actually got it from somebody else. So I didn't actually see it the time that I ate it. I probably oh, okay. would have avoided it that time uh, <laughs> if I had known just, better. So, so yeah, somebody just brought it home, and I was like, "There, you know." Obviously, I knew it was street food, and I I didn't right. think about you know that at the time. I just it okay. just looked good, it tastes good, and uh, yeah, that's what happened. See, and you know, you can say what you will about the street food, but the last time I had food poisoning was because like a coworker brought some food from home, right, to right. share with everybody, and you know, it's it's home cooked, right? It's not even street food; it's just like home cooking. Um, and I ate some of it and holy, you know, I, 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 I can relate to your nightmare, right. Of, of, of that experience, because I was like, I got sick at work and luckily they sent me home from work. Um, and then I spent like, you know, the next four hours, like laying in bed in agony and then half the, half that time, you know, on the toilet, you know, doing that business and throwing up. Right. right. So it's, it's not, it, I, I guess my point is that it's not, it, it's not just street food that gets you sick, right? People get food right. poisoning from regular restaurants. People get food poisoning from home cooking. Um, so it's not something that we'd have to go like, well, regulations is a must to, to, you know, curb the, the, you know, the outbreak of sickness, uh, from street food when it's just, you know, shit happens and you, you know, if you survive it, which you did, uh, you, you go like, oh, that, that kind of sucked as an experience, but then you move on. Yeah. Something I didn't know uh, about the alcohol prohibition uh, back before it was pro- prohibited. One of the things they did is they they poisoned a whole bunch of people's alcohol. So like a thousand people died from it, and they used that as an excuse for the government to regulate it. But in the United States, we're talking. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, well so, because again, whatever it takes to get the law passed, right? That's one of those you know, right psyops yeah, or black ops or. Yeah. Well, in that case, it was probably just, I don't know. I mean, they really don't want to say Democrats, but, you know, status to, you know, status, stop it, stop at no end, even even murdering people uh, to get their uh, to get their way, you know, to get their law passed and, you know, change the rules or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, they they just opened up at least some of the JFK files, right? And part of it was, you know, that too, like they were going to, you know, the the, the United States government was going to attack, was it some, you know, some some Cuban, uh, oh, yeah. some area around Cuba to make it look like the Cubans were, you know, attacking the United States as, you know, just uh, like, yeah, like, said, gonna, like a psyop. Yeah, they were going to kill a whole bunch of people in the U.S. to justify going yeah. to Cuba. So it's it's nothing new for the state to do that, which is, you know, when when you yeah, but if, I if you want to go back to I don't to, think it was this, in in the case of the alcohol, I don't think it was the state necessarily. I think it was just a uh p- uh political pro prohibitionist. Yeah, yeah. Look what this evil is doing. Although I didn't post yeah, it on a show and, prep, and, but I I did read like an interesting article, like the first uh, the first attributed marijuana overdose. Um, for a, <laughs> did you see that? No, no. Oh, it was basically like a, a child who who the, the uh, cause of death was like. I, th- I uh, thought you were going to talk. I thought you were talking about me for a minute. No, no. Why did you overdose? <laughs> did you overdose on weed? <laughs> no, like no, no, just one. No, just once. I had like uh, 
uh, more than I could handle. Let's put it that. Oh, way. okay. Um, I, well, I'm sure most people who do drugs have ex- have that experience at some point or another. Right. right. <laughs> I have a separate story on that. Maybe not. Maybe not for the show. But anyway, so this article was like a, a child died of like uh, myocarditis, like something wrong with the heart. Um, and they said that there was, they didn't say cause of death was marijuana overdose, but they linked it. They, the, the doctor who did the report or whatever, uh, linked, uh, marijuana and, you know, cannabis consumption to the, to the myocarditis or something like that. So it was like mm-hmm. the first, the first time that marijuana was actually like linked to cause of death. Um, and that apparently there were, uh, there's, I guess a whole bunch of other, unsolved cases of you know uh how did how did the how did the deceased get myocarditis um and that marijuana may have played a role in those but has been overlooked ever since so Mm -hmm. i mean you know you know so i'm just saying that you know with with the with the with you know status and, and whatnot you know poisoning people um you know you have other drugs that people go like oh it's perfectly safe and then now all of a sudden now that's being legalized everywhere in my mind it could be uh, a conspiracy by those you know by those prohibitionists to all of a sudden find links to now legal substances that they never could that they never found before um, but now that's getting legalized everywhere and they're trying to roll that back all of a sudden, you know, they, they're, they're linking marijuana to other causes of death. Um, possibly, right. There's conspiracy theory on my part, but possibly, right. uh, to roll back the legalizations and, and prohibit it from moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. So because somebody died of, uh, marijuana, uh, they can now beat us over the head and put us in a cage. Yes, for, makes all, for makes all the sense in the world. Oh yeah, perfect. Well, <laughs> you know, w- w- when you're in love with the state, man, like that's all that stuff makes perfect sense to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, another oh, yeah. news. Um, Go ahead. I uh, I I had a not not a speech, more more just me doing the same thing I always do, just rambling uh, at a, at a class in in college and at a. Uh, for Professor Schooland in, in his class. Okay. And uh, the author so of that, Jonathan that, Gullible for those people who don't know. Yeah. So that that was pretty interesting to me. Um, I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous in front of a lot of people, and if and if I believed that there was a lot of people listening to this, I would probably you know clam up. But in my head, it's just me and Rich, so <laughs> that's the way it's going to stay. <laughs> Yeah, and, for, we're we're not on LRN.FM anymore. Everybody like, no, no, yeah. we 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 did not expand our listener base no, by not at by all. any stretch. We just hit the record button and start talking. That's all it is. And and so the the topic was the reason he asked me to to talk on it was because he found out I made a a killing on on Monero, and uh, he wanted to find out uh, if there's anything uh, that you know. To anything noteworthy about Bitcoin and it being a, a worldwide currency. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm 37 so. in on Monero now, by the way. Oh, okay, good. I'm the proud owner of 37 of those. And uh, yeah, and it's going up, and it's about to break out. It's it's right at its peak it's ever been. If it breaks one, wait, yeah, 150. If it breaks 150 dollars, then it's gonna hit 300, maybe, maybe a thousand. Well, if it but, hits um, 150, I'll move some more into it on your uh, on that recommendation. Yeah. Um, so, 
anyway, th- yeah, there's lots of things about Bitcoin being a world currency that are awesome to note. Uh, because it's traded in every every country, just about. Um, you it's can, the globalization of money. You can move. You can move money uh, easily across borders, and you don't need anybody's permission. You don't need any third party to do it for you. You don't need to put it in a suitcase uh, and take it on a plane with you. Um, so there's yeah, lots of advantages in in that regard. Um, some people complain about the fees, but like I, I always mention, it's it's, it's kind of like a, a bank account more than more than cash, uh, and so you might move a thousand dollars in and then wait a couple years, and then that thousand dollars when you move it out is not going to seem like much, um, and so the fees get taken care of just by the the rising price almost if you think of it as a as like a savings account, um, and also when you it's it's kind of like an ATM machine, right? So w- when you take out uh, $20 out of ATM and they charge you three fifty, um you're you're losing $3.50 every time you take out $20. That's that's not not recommended. It's not a good way to do it. And there's there's ways around it, of course, you can use your your yeah. own bank branch or whatever. And my mom but, yelled at me uh, for that a long time ago. Yeah. So and, there, and the, the the easiest way around it, though, if if you don't have your bank branch near you, is just to take out a bigger chunk of money uh, when you do it. So take out two hundred or you know one hundred or two hundred or whatever, and then that percentage for the fee drops. And so you shouldn't you know think of Bitcoin as to me anyway. Some people will argue with me. Uh, Bitcoin uh, to me shouldn't be for buying coffee with. Um, it should be like a savings account, and when you need cash, then you just take out a chunk and. And it works fine that way to me. Um, however, if you want to use a cryptocurrency for everyday transactions, other people are making other cryptocurrencies that are, you know, just just suited for that. So Bitcoin Cash, uh, Dashcoin, um, maybe Ethereum. I don't. I don't even know. Um, See, I I was going to call you out. I I kind of called you out while you were gone because it was just me doing the solo show on the Bitcoin Cash. Uh, like mini posts that you had on Facebook. Oh, sure. So I want to, I want to talk about that when you're done with this story, just putting that out there yeah. before I forget. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done. Uh, I just want to say there's, there's many use cases for, for Bitcoin that, that make it uh, superior to gold. Um, and one of the reasons is because, uh, it's easy to integrate. Like there's pretty much no way to live. Uh, if you're just, if you just have gold, like there's har- hardly anybody will, will trade with you, but, there's right. lots of opportunities to trade Bitcoin, and th- and this is you know it hasn't been around that long, but it's already showing how much more useful than 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 gold it is. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I think we should just skip over to you're calling me out for what? Well, okay. So um, in the, in the midst of the uh, the the Segwit two cancelization, you were on vacation, so I didn't really bother you with it. Um, sure. But they, they canceled the they canceled Segwit two. And then all of a sudden there was, I'm going to say, some sort of funny business or some sort of manipulated uh, pump and dump of, of Bitcoin cash, right? Like all of a sudden, uh, Bitcoin cash started to rise as Bitcoin took another dip. Hmm. Um, and then you posted a meme on Facebook that said, you know, it was like the Morpheus meme said, what if I told you that Bitcoin cash was actually Bitcoin, and you said, holy crap, or something to the fact of, holy crap, it just might be. 
Right. And I, I felt like a dark side twinge in my soul. Because I, <laughs> I went, no. I went, no, how, like, is, is, is MC turning on me on this? Because in my mind, and I've shared this on the, on the previous show, so I'm just reiterating since you may not have listened to it. In my mind, right, there's like, there's the Bitcoin uh, chain, right? The, the, the Bitcoin right. core blockchain. Mm-hmm. And then anything else that forks off of it is something other than Bitcoin, like by default, right? right. And, and so I conceded that Bitcoin cash uh, could be more valuable, could have a higher market cap, could have a, a wider user base than Bitcoin. But dare I say not, it shall ever be called Bitcoin. Um, and then if you were saying that it might be, I, was one, I, I wanted to get your perspective on that thought uh, number one, and whether or not it was uh, in jest because of the meme, or you know something more significant that you were thinking about. Yeah, not 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 much more significant. Um, I could see a future where they where the exchanges might turn on uh, on the current version of Bitcoin and give that one a different name and give the Bitcoin cash name, the name of Bitcoin so that, that it's possible. And, and so technically you're right. I mean, if you want to, if you follow the chain, then there's only one chain, right? Right. It seemed like um, a usurp usurpation of Bitcoin or, you know, even yeah. if the, even if so, the exchange did that, even if it was the responsibility of the exchanges. Right. And so, and, and that's the only way where I see it, occurring is as if as if the whole community and the exchanges agrees that you know that that the bitcoin core and segwit was basically uh like a, a malicious attack on bitcoin that was successful and so therefore they have to go back to uh the next best chain which would be the bitcoin cash chain um so and there there are there is a uh, a lot of big money interest in in the bitcoin mining and and the people who are running the the miners and that's that's who enforces the code basically so if if jp morgan or you know some other big bank for example wanted fees to be high on bitcoin for some reason well maybe to make themselves more money or maybe to uh lower the 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 competition value that that Bitcoin has because, you know, they like their fiat and they want to stay in control or whatever, right? So there could be some reason um, that is really against the community's wishes that that they're able to persuade the miners to do something bad against the community. So so I'm still on the fence whether I, you know, I'm not really taking too hard of a side on, on can there be... Oops. Can there be only one uh, Bitcoin, or or can it change to a different chain? You know, I, I really don't know. I think we're I to to me we just have to wait and see. Um, but I'm not really too worried, particularly because most of my money is in Monero anyway. So it's like I kind of avoid all all this drama. I don't have to lose sleep over which one. Um, and also, I I I sold all my Bitcoin cash at 750, I think. So. Um, I don't have to worry about Bitcoin Cash anymore unless it unless it really takes off. I'll, I'll kind of feel a little bit bad, but um, well, and it kind of did, right? Because it peaked over two grand at one point. Well, yeah, that was part of the whole pump and dump. But it's yeah, it's not just a pump and dump. People were people are generally scared, and so 
So here's here's the thing. Everything needs a catalyst, right? And so when Bitcoin was spiking real high, uh, obviously it's going to come down. Um, it's going to bounce around after these off these super high peaks. And so when that happened, somebody capitalized on it and said, "Oh, every, hey, look, everybody's going into Bitcoin Cash." And and as long as people believe the story, then more people will do it. And that so that causes that chain reaction of uh, fear. So fear of missing out, fear of the you know the other coin, fear uh, uncertainty, value. Doubt. Yeah, gaining coin or gaining value without them in it. And so yeah, a lot of people bought into that and piled into it. Um, and. Yeah, so I'm sure some people got really rich off of that really quick, uh, and and uh, but other than that, the, the price is still up like triple from from what it was a month ago. So right, I've got I've got uh, this uh, headline from Reddit screenshotted for M, um, previous co-host to the show. If you if you missed her, um, because she's like, oh, I got to send this to all my people who were also in their in panic mode over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so let me just read this real quick. There's no article. It's just a headline from Reddit. No matter how bad your day is, remember that only a few days ago, some dude panic sold his Bitcoin at 5,500 and bought Bcash at 2,800. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, that's where, like, and I had another conversation with a buddy, like during that time, cause I didn't, I didn't panic, but I was like, I was fretting, I think is a, is a better term. Um, and it's not because, and it, and I had to I had to be real clear and explain to him. It's not because of where like my money is, because m- most of most of my crypto holdings is in in Bitcoin, um, and then like I said, I've 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 moved some of that over to Monero. Um, f- following your lead, man. Uh, to be honest, um, but I said it's not it's not even about like where my money's at, right? Because it's 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 you know t- to me it's just money. You know, yeah, I still have a job, right? I didn't I didn't give up earning money in order to, you know, to retire off of this stuff, but it's, you know, so any money that I lose is, you know, ah, well, oh, well, there it goes. I'm still working and I can still make more of it. Um, but it was like, it was the, it, to me, it was like the principle of the matter, right? I go right. like, no, bit, Bitcoin is Bitcoin, no matter what they say, you know, and any, and like I said, any, anything that any of the miners or corporations that tries to take it over, they're basically trying to like leech off the goodwill that the name Bitcoin and that, you know, that development team has built over the last nine years, right? They go like, well, Bcash or Bgold or Segwitu or whatever fork, right, will not survive off its merits alone, right? Because if it could, if it was, if Bcash and Bgold and Segwitu was like, it was that strong of a currency, it wouldn't need to take the name Bitcoin with it, right? It would just be like, you know, another competitor in the marketplace with a better idea than the current market leader. And then you just overtake them, right? Like Netflix did not need to call itself Blockbuster, right? You know, in order to like to move into movie rentals, right? You know, Pepsi did not need to call itself Coca-Cola in order to, in order to, you know, to, to gain market share in, in the cola industry um, or take over. I think they took the lead at one point. I don't know where it's at now. Right, you know, Apple didn't doesn't call itself Microsoft, in order, you know, you get my point. Um, and so I, I think that no matter what, right, all these all these forked coins and whatever, um, if if they believe in the coin and what the coin has to offer beyond what Bitcoin already offers, which is why you would fork it, right? Then just leave the name behind, 
right? Just, you know, like, you know, we, we talk about Monero, but there's all, you know, um, you know, Zencash or, or Ethereum or whatever, right? They're not, they're, they're saying we're better than Bitcoin and here's why, and here's what we're calling it. Right. And, and so to me, um, any of the forks could do the same thing, just fork, call it what it is. And then leave the main chain alone. And if your chain is that good, right? Like the, like the, the, even though it was a pump and dump, right? The, the, the sudden rise of Bitcoin cash, uh, you know, if it's, if it was that good and that useful and the fees were that low and the transaction speeds were so, were so much better, um, then yeah, you can call it whatever you want. And, and people who want those services or those features will migrate over organically. Um, and you will build your brand, your chain, you know, your, your coin, um, to a point where, yeah, sure. It could absolutely overtake Bitcoin, um, in the long run or in the short run. And it doesn't matter, but you don't have to take the name Bitcoin with it. It's not like the, it's not like the, the coin with the highest market cap or the coin with the most users or the coin, you know, with the, the most miners or, you know, highest price, like that automatically becomes Bitcoin. Like, I don't, I don't think that needs to be how it works. Right. Um, I think, I think the politics are a little bit more complicated than just, than just a name. I think the, I think the people that made Bitcoin cash are genuine in their, uh, attempt to, uh, keep, keep the, the principle of the, the original Bitcoin, uh, kind of a little bit more. I don't know, more principled. I don't know. <laughs> Should I say that? No, that's fine. Uh, right. But then just call it what it is and say like, we're this and we're more principled than that. And here's why you should use this. Yeah. I mean, I think that's basically what they did. They just call it, but, and they want it, they want to keep Bitcoin whole. And so they couldn't figure out a better way to, to do it than to call it to Bitcoin cash. I, don't, I mean, I don't have a better solution for them either. So. Yeah. Well, and you know, it also sparked another thought in my head. Uh, and I don't, I, I shared this, uh, with a, with a crypto buyer that I, I've been dealing with. Um, and I'll share it here on the air too. Cause I really don't care as long as someone does it. And then like, you know, kicks me back some like founders fee, right? I don't, you know, but I want to create a, a cryptocurrency MC. Um, and I want to call it, uh, J A S coin or J jazz coin or you know something to that effect um where the the, where the j-a-s is like an acronym uh for just another shit so you have like just another (laughs) shit coin right and it'd be (laughs) and it'd be it would be um a a, like a a satirical coin uh in line with with dogecoin but you know you know unlike the meme stand it's it would be uh, an example out there right just a, just a fun thing to do um, just to to illustrate all these other currencies that are you know they, they do their ICO and then they, they spike and then poof they disappear and there's so many people doing it and then we have this one that just you know calls out uh, all the other ones doing the exact same thing but you know yeah. in in satirical form with JS so if you're out there and you want to develop a coin for me um, go ahead and do it and just I'm, kick me back like a founder's fee or something for it, uh, for giving you I'm a great I'm pretty idea. sure, I'm pretty sure somebody actually already made shitcoin. And, uh, well, this is yeah. just another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty funny. But, um, I was actually looking for names cause I, I want, I still want to make my currency. Uh, my, my, uh, 
what do you call it? My my communist coin. We'll call it that. Okay. Uh, free, free coins for everybody. Um, so there, I still have the problem of validating users. Um, I'd have to either get like a retinal scan or fingerprints or or something to make it so where people couldn't just keep giving themselves, you know, infinite coins. Um, everybody would get like one a day, right? And the thinking being that if we could ever get it to go up in value and, and uh, you know, for all the people who want to help the poor people, well, the poor people would be the ones that would get the most benefit out of free coins value going up, right? Yeah. And so if you wanted to help the poor, all you'd have to do is buy some shit coins or there whatever we whatever we happen to call them, right? Um, Democratic socialist coin. There you go. Um, and so, yeah, they could buy the coins and they, they would be raising the price and then the people, the, the poor people would be able to trade amongst themselves with whatever the value currently is. They wouldn't even have to cash out necessarily. Um, and in some places, they, they just wouldn't be able to cash out. Um, there's a lot of people in the world that are, that are, they're called unbanked, right? So as long as they have access to a cell phone, uh, that's cool. And they can, they can get in on this cryptocurrency market. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I want, I want to make a coin that the whole world can use. And, but I, there's a little problem of verifying that users, every user gets one a day instead of, uh, some people get more than one. <laughs> well, they have to trade to get their more than one. Uh, well, right. I'll tell you this then. You, ha- you have the acronym JAS coin, right? And we'll know what it really means, but you got to come up with like a creative alternate <laughs> acronym for it. <laughs> like the, the public face acronym versus how we describe it in the background. Um, so yeah, so there there you go. And yes, yeah, and we, we've talked about this before, right? Like the, the little... Um, charitable, uh, the little charitable organization where you know people donate, and then people the, the the donors feel good about donating, and the the uh, receivers just get whatever you know by any mean you know what by whatever uh, according to yeah, your yeah. needs type of a thing. So yeah, we're all, we're always looking out for ways to be charitable and looking out for the, for poor people out there, and you know well, using technology and whatever to do it is also fun. I I also want to test my idea that that money doesn't have to come from the top um it can it can work if it's given out to the bottom and everybody just competes to get more of it um we have a situation in the u.s right now where all this money is being pumped into the economy through through loans and uh, the fractional reserve system and from the uh, just government spending more than they take in um so all this, all this, you know, new money coming into the market uh, gets spent by the rich people and the the well banked and you know people with really good credit, or whatever. It gets spent by them first, and then it trickles down. And it, by by the yeah. time it gets to other people, then it's worth less. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's really hard for for the poor to to uh, become established. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other things keeping them down too. But yeah. Um, why I've I've so, also heard it say that if you erase you know if you erase the board and start from scratch, and give a rich person a million dollars and a poor person a million dollars and they're now the, now all of a sudden they're equal, right? With, with within a short period of time the the rich person will find a way to be rich and the poor person will find a way to be poor, right? Like you know he'll 
one will sure. end up with nothing and one will end up with two million just because there's a there's a consciousness and a mentality right. associated with money um, right. that's that needs to be overcome along with just handing it out yeah and there, and there's it might just be points of view that that each individual has um, but like I, I always point out like that the poor people of today are, are much richer than the poor people of yesterday so oh yeah um, it's it's the best it's the best time in history ever to be a poor person um, especially in the US but uh, and all over the world really because poverty is going down um, especially I think in you know India and, and China and such yeah I mean I don't know if I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the air but like I was I, I've been telling people because I spent I spent some money in China uh, on Chinese shopping day last week Saturday um, it was like you know their biggest shopping day of the year and it, it shows why a lot of companies are moving in that direction because for comparison, right, I, re- I was reading an article that said for comparison, last year's Black Friday in the United States, retail sales were like $3 billion. And then on Cyber Monday, retail sales were like $3.5 billion. And then on Chinese Shopping Day last week, uh, Alibaba alone, the, the world's largest retailer, on one day did $25 billion and $9 billion Wowzers. in the first hour of the sale, Right. Wowzers. So <laughs> poor people, rich people over there, you know, they have a lot more disposable income um, than most people think um, and oh, that yeah. they then they have historically had. Um, and now they're now they're, you know, now they're able to spend it on on right. more luxury items and, and useful junk. But, yeah, so I, I bought some I bought some stuff from there. Help out the Chinese economy a little bit. And Ho- hopefully they buy some Bitcoin from me. Yes. You know, it's funny. Like it's, it's weird, right? Cause you know, I've, I, I do a lot of online shopping. Um, and then I think of when I think of Chinese shopping, right. I go like, well, it's just, it's just the cheap, the cheap plastic stuff, right. That I, that I was kind of like looking to buy. And this is the most ridiculous thing about it. Right. I go, well, I put air in my tires, you know, the other week and I was missing a tire cap, like the little air plug cap. And then I know that I could go down to like the hardware store and it's like, you know, three bucks for a pack of four or whatever. I went, I wonder how much it is, you know, in China. So I like, I, I log on to the site. I'm like, I'm looking at, you know, uh, tire caps. And then all of a sudden, you know, b- because the tire caps are so cheap, right? All of a sudden, a regular plastic tire cap just won't do. Of course, I need the four pack of LED light up tire caps. <laughs> <laughs> Because even those are cheaper than going down to the hardware store and, and buying a black black uh, a pack of black ones. <laughs> so now you'll see me like rolling down the street on my moped with like fucking green and yellow and red flashing LEDs. <laughs> because why not? So ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully that doesn't scream "pull me over." Well, which I have been pulled over. I was going to get to that when we were done. Um, yeah, ho- hopefully it doesn't scream pull me over, but at the same time, you know that I after if you if you discount getting pulled over for for my accident, um, I've made it almost four years, three years and nine months um, without uh, without a an interaction with a police officer on the side of the road, um, and God damn it, that was an impressive run, yeah. uh, but I but yeah. I got pulled over the other night. So one, one time I went almost, I think it was three, three and a half years without, uh, getting my registration done on my car. Oh yeah. 
And, I've done that. And people and people are like, "How do you, how do you do that?" I'm like, "What do you, I don't know. I I didn't do anything. What do you mean? How did I do it? I just didn't do anything." <laughs> yeah. But that that's more difficult because if the cop pulls up behind you, there's there's a reason to be stopped. Right. right. Like they, they look at those types of things. So, you know, I, I, yeah. I also drove without registration, um, for, and without a safety inspection for, you know, a few years, but I was stopped frequently for it, but I had a license at the time. So it was like, yeah. you know, they just, they issued so me. Maybe I was, I was I just pay. lucky. Yeah. And it was, it was funny too, because, uh, they, they check those things when you go on base and I, I was, I was working on the military base at the time. So. Oh, oh that's they, even more impressive. Well, yeah. Well, sometimes the, the the guys at the gate would tell me, and then they would let me go through, and then and then the one time, the the time I finally got caught was exiting, and and he stopped me and and uh, told me he said like here here he actually gave me a piece of paper is basically a warning, and said like get this fixed like right now like don't wait till tomorrow just go do it right now and I was like oh, okay fine, so I did it. But was it a cop or like a military police? Like what, what authority um, did they have aside from I, it, just it not was letting like, you on base? Good, good point. Um, it, it was, I think, just the base security. Okay. But uh, Well, I wasn't trying to make a yeah, point. It was a legitimate I mean, question, right? Because when, when yeah, you say guess, got caught, you know, it's like yeah, trying to yeah. walk. Yeah, I probably, you know. you know, looking back on it, I probably should have just not got it registered and just, you know, kept doing what I was doing. Yeah. Um. But I thought I told the, you, know, you. The the guy the guy seemed like really concerned and like he he's like I'm I'm not gonna let you get through the base when you come back and you know I was on lunch break or whatever so I was like oh, I'll just go ahead and do it yeah but okay. I probably could have got away with it okay well that, that and like I said that kind of makes sense because you know like I I don't want to give I don't want to give the base credit um you know for anything like that but I th- I shared before that I got like a a private issued parking ticket uh, for my moped a few months ago for parking at work. Right. And I was like, I was, I was a little upset about it and I was like, man, you know, what's the best way to handle this? And, you know, I, I, I had to, I had to calm myself down and roll back and go like, well, it's a private issued parking ticket, which means there's probably some rule about parking on their private property that I violated. Right. And so I talked to security about what the rule was and what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. Um, and then I just don't park on their, pro- on their property anymore. Right. So, you know, if, if the, if the military base, you know, was private property and they say that you need these credentials to get in or out, well then, yeah, you know, like, you know, then there you have it. Um, but I wouldn't, I, I, I don't think, I guess in my mind, I'm not saying like you didn't get away with it, but you could have gotten away with it because you didn't actually, you weren't actually charged with a crime. You didn't, you weren't actually like busted for violating it. They just said, well, you know, you don't have the the proper credentials to enter this facility anymore. And you should probably get the proper credentials to enter the facility because that's what our rules dictate. Um, you know, but, but it's also a military base. So like, you know, fuck them anyway, because who needs those <laughs> types of things, right? <laughs> I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but I don't want to too much because I don't, you know, who cares if it's a military uh, base? I, I don't think it's worth going there. It's just it was just something that happened, and yeah, yeah, and it's over. But with with my parking, with my with my current situation, um, this is something that we've talked about on the show before, um, and now and I said like the next opportunity, like this is I'm I might play it this way, and now I've got the opportunity. So I got pulled over, and you know as, as soon as the lights came on, I was like I was immediately on my phone. 
um, texting the, the proper people who are going to have to like be aware of my situation. Um, and so like, you know, I, I get pulled over and first of all, where they pulled me over, like I didn't expect to get pulled over because there's nowhere to pull over, right? It's like, it's, it's on a highway that's two lanes wide and there's not much of a shoulder. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I stopped just right in the middle of the road, just boop, just right in the lane. <laughs> and, the, and the cop pulls up to the side and he's like, turn right up ahead. Like, what do you mean turn right up ahead? There's no right up ahead. Um, for, for your edification, MC, this is uh, right before the polytunnels here. Um, for those not familiar with uh, Hawaii and Oahu, um, don't worry about it. Um, but so the, the, you know, so it's two lanes approaching a tunnel. And right before the tunnel, there's like a turnoff to go up to uh, a lookout area, like a, a scenic point. Um, so I'm thinking like he wants me to go up to the scenic point. Well, I, I, I'm having none of that. Um, so as we, as we approach the tunnel and the, the exit for the scenic point, there's that little like triangle strip um, in the road. So I just parked it right on the triangle strip, you know, which means that as he approached the left side of my car, I was like right on the line. So he still had to like stand in the lane uh, to come and address <laughs> me. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, you know, if 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 we're gonna play, I'm gonna play it how I always play, it, and this is how I play it." Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm texting my mom, and I'm I'm uh, I'm texting M um, to let them know that someone might need to come uh, drive the car away because I I I may get arrested or they may not let me drive off because I'm about to get a t- a citation for driving without a license. Um. Unfortunately enough, he let me go. Like he, well, he didn't let me go, but he, he wrote the citations and then left. Right. So I was able to drive off. Um, and I get home and first my, my mom goes like, he let you drive home. I'm like, yeah. He's like, so he knew you didn't have a license and he let you drive home. I'm like, it's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just another illustration Right, that this has nothing to do uh, with public safety or my ability to operate a vehicle on the roadway. Right, it's not like I was a danger to society or anything like that. Where, oh my God, this little piece of plastic is going to prevent me from from being safe on the road uh, or from or protect anyone else. Right, it goes like, you don't have the certification. You don't have the. You're not allowed to do this. Uh, please drive safe on your way home. <laughs> Right. So that there's that aspect of it. Um, and there's the, the, what we talked about on the show before MC was the main reason I don't have a license, uh, besides the fact that I decided I didn't want to get one and I didn't want to go through their rigmarole, uh, and pay their extortion fee to have one, uh, as an entirely separate issue. Um, but the reason I, I, I won't go through that is because the likelihood is that they won't allow me to have one, um, because they suspended it a long time ago. Um, for like unpaid traffic violations, right? For all the tickets that I accumulated while not having registration and not having a safety inspection. I just said like, well, there's, there's no jail time and you can send the fines to collections all you want. I'm not, I'm not paying those either. Um, so in the trash that goes, um, so I have, I have like, you know, thousands of dollars of unpaid traffic fines. Um, and because of that, they won't, uh, they, they won't renew my license most likely. I haven't tried, but they won't. Um, I'm not going to waste the effort. Um, excuse me. And we, we talked about an article on the show, uh, about the ACLU getting involved, uh, in Virginia, I believe, um, with a couple of people who were in a similar situation, except in their case, they did not, 
excuse me, they did not have the means to pay the traffic fines. Um, and they found it, you know, the ACLU won and found it was unconstitutional in that state, uh, in that, or that, in that area, at least to, uh, disallow people from acquiring the permission to drive simply based on their ability to pay for, you know, other fines. So my intention now, um, is, you know, e- either prior to the arraignment or sometime within the next couple of weeks, um, to reach out to the local chapter of the ACLU, uh, and see if this is something that they want to get involved with here, right? Like I'm, I'm a test case scenario, uh, for not having a license based on ability or willing to pay fines, uh, as opposed to, um, you know, uh, uh ability to operate a vehicle, right? Like, you know, certificate certified to drive and having the skill set required to drive, uh, and being able to pay your ridiculous fines are two separate issues. So if, if I can get the ACLU involved here, uh, then we can have even more fun with this, uh, than I've ever had in the past with any other of, uh, of my, you know, uh, uh, adventures in legal land, uh, as it were. Um, so we're going to see, we're going to, I'm going to look into that and see where that goes. And, you know, as always, uh, because I do this show, I will keep y'all posted, uh, on that. Um, but it's weird, right? Like, you know, uh, M's worried. My mom's worried. Um, you know, Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I come home and like, I'm excited. Like I'm, I get to, I get to talk to the ACLU and at least get a word in otherwise. And you know, where, where's my constitutional, uh, right to travel paperwork that I, <laughs> that I busted out the last time. Cause here we go again. Uh, you know, public defender will withdraw a new ju- new, uh, new attorney will be appointed and, 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 and someone will hear my constitutional defense on whether or not I actually need that permission slip in the first place for that part of the ticket. And for the, you know, the, the speeding going faster than necessary and, and merging incorrectly or whatever, uh, they said unsafe lane change, but it's like my lane ended, bro. Like, yeah, I had to change lanes. There's like, that's how that works over there. Um, you know, those, I don't think carry any, any jail time. So those will either get, uh, found guilty and thrown in the trash and no money collected. Um, or they'll just get thrown in the trash and they'll, you know, they'll do whatever they need to do. So I come home like, you know, not having gotten away with it, um, but excited, at the prospect of, you know, venturing back into it and, and learning a little bit more about their system. Um, whereas everyone else is just like, Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, I'm so worried. Oh my God. Oh man, you made, you, you made it out safe. Or like, you know, they come home pissed off. Like I got another ticket. Now I got to pay the fine. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, this is going to be fun. You know, even, even when the cop handed me the site, he threw my shit back in the window, by the way. Cause I only had, you know, I did the inch crack thing. Um, so he like, he, he, as I reached for it, he just dropped all the paperwork, you know? So I had to spend like a good minute, like, you know, collecting all that stuff. Um, but you know, uh, I, I come home all excited uh, about the prospect and as he's handing it to me, he's like, this one, you got to go to court for, I'm like, all right, cool. See you there, bro. You know, he's like, no, 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 you have, you have to go to court. I'm like, yeah, I'll see you there. I'll see, I'll see you in court. This is going to be, you know. <laughs> as cool as calm as can be about it you know the only the only frant- the only thing i was frantic about was getting people notified because uh, i didn't want to get the car towed right and have to go pay and have to go buy the car back and waste that kind actually of time. The, i don't know what it is but it seems like right now they're they're uh they're writing a lot of tickets almost may- maybe they have two they write too many tickets to even go to court for because they'd rather be writing tickets than being in court because they get they get probably get a raise if they write more tickets well and um, most people will just pay the fine and they don't have to go to court well exactly so I'm, I'm thinking they're just doing a cost benefit analysis to whether they show up in court so there's a, there's a good chance i'm thinking at least that he's not going to be in court 
Yeah, I'm thinking that too, which is why I'm not going to pay the fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to fight it, but I'm also going to try to get the ACLU involved because imagine, imagine the, the historic court case with like my name now attached to it. Um, you know, if they can, if they can overturn this for everybody, right? Like some, someone has to be out there fighting it. Um, you know, like you know, the, the two people in Virginia, right? They had to go like, this is ridiculous. And we're taking a stand and we're contacting ACLU to fight on our behalf because we shouldn't, we shouldn't have our license suspended just because we can't afford to, to pay the state's extortion fee. Right. And I want to do the same thing here. Um, but you know, in, in order to do, in order to get into cases like that, um, you know, the, the person, you know, the, someone has to like put their neck out and risk something and get into trouble um, before it even becomes like an issue, right? Like if, if no one, if no one talks to the ACLU about it or no one is in the, it, no one in the position to do it does anything, well, then nothing gets done and everything remains the status quo, right? But now I'm in a position where hopefully, maybe we'll see. I mean, we'll talk to the ACLU and, and see what they have to say, right? But I'm in a position where I can, I can take the risk, um, on behalf of everybody, uh, everybody out there who may have a suspended license uh, in the state of Hawaii because they're not able to pay their fines, right? And I can I can be you know you know I I can put my neck uh, out there so to speak um, and see what can ha- what can be done here, right? And m- maybe I'm not the best example to do it, but maybe knowing that I'm doing it, other people will step forward uh, and it'll be like a class action type of thing, like you know similar similar to the one in Virginia where, you know, it, there's a lot of us going like, no, 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 this is wrong. And now we have someone to fight for us. And because of their victory in Virginia, there's now precedence in other states of this, fi- of, of this activity by the state uh, to be found like unconstitutional or just wrong. Uh, you know, if, if you're not in big under that constitution thing and, you know, another, another step forward uh, in our, in our battle against the state, right. And uh, another victory under our belts. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, you, you, depending on what kind of anarchist you are, right? You know, any pushback against the state, I think is always worth it. Um, and any victory against the state should always be celebrated uh, no matter how small. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, nope. That's about it. All right. Headlines. Do we have time for some headlines? I, I don't think we do. I think, uh, I think we're about out of time. I'm not hundred percent sure though. Okay. Well, my clock says we got about eight minutes left, so maybe a headline oh. or two. Okay, go for it. All right. Um, I'll read through the headlines, and then you can pick where. <coughs> well, maybe not. A headline: Colorado County spends eighty-eight dollars a day jailing defendant who couldn't pay fifty-five dollar fee. See what they do? You see what they do there? Uh, headline: State coercion is intoxicating, seductive, and wrong. Uh, headline: Trump's border wall is no match for Mexican drug shooting bazooka. Uh, headline, Cards Against Humanity buys plot of land on U.S.-Mexico border uh, to stop Trump's border wall or something like that. The headline cut off there. Uh, headline, the federal government is trying to ban Kratom again. Uh, headline, Denver cash cashes in by seizing cars for low-level crimes even without conviction. And headline, uh, finally, uh, New Hampshire lawmakers equates homeschooling to child abuse, nanny state to be punished, uh, to be nanny state to be pushed on parents. Uh, any place in particular you want to start uh, this week, MC? Oh, no. Okay. There's two that I want to do really quickly then because they're kind of like they go hand in hand. Um, and I'll read them as quickly as possible and we maybe get some comments. So, number one, Cards Against Humanity buys plot of land in U.S.-Mexico border to block border wall. Uh, Cards Against Humanity is known for unique stunts around this time of year. In years past, in effort to combat Black Friday, they've had people send them $5 and literally sent nothing in return. 
just like they said they would. Uh, they've also mailed people poop in a box. Uh, 30,000 people bought it. They've even raised $100,000 to dig a giant hole in the ground. This year, they're taking on the president. The company says they've bought a plot of vacant land on the border of the United States and Mexico in an effort to make it difficult for President Trump to build his border wall. We purchased a plot of vacant land on the border and retained a law firm specializing in eminent domain to make it as time-consuming and as expensive as possible for the wall to get built, the company said on their website. They're also asking people to donate to their campaign. You give us $15 and we'll send six American Savings surprises right to your doorstep, the company said. It will be fun, it will be weird, and if you voted for Trump, you might want to sit this one out. Uh, the company did not disclose where the piece of land is located, but said everyone who pitches in on day one will receive an illustrated map of the land. Uh, so your, your take on this MC short article, but still fun, uh, 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 a private enterprise doing what it takes, uh, to prevent the actual completion of the border wall and using, I guess, a plot of land to, to open it up for Mexicans and Americans to, to cross the border, uh, as they wish either way. Yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking maybe, you know, how Bill Gates is making a, a city in, uh, Arizona, uh, to yep. the west of Phoenix, um, I was thinking about make you know making a city right on the border there. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. The Mexicana border. Yeah. Yeah, and you know I don't know. Uh, again, they didn't say how big this plot of land was, <laughs> but yeah, any 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 sort of like hole in the wall, right, renders the rest of the entire wall useless, right? Because if if you can get through here, then everyone who wants to get through won't deal with the wall problem either over or under. They'll just go here, right? Where, the, where there's a big ass hole, uh, where the wall should be, um, and cross there. And I'm sure that, you know, if, if cards against humanity, um, is, is principled in any way in this and not just, you know, Trump hating, which is fine. Um, you know, but if, if they're like, yeah, well, Hillary would have done it better than well, then screw them on that part. Um, but if this is, you know, if, if they're principled on this matter where they don't want the border wall because it, number one, it's stupid. Um, and number two, they, they believe in like, you know, free travel for, for people, um, then they should just, uh, you know, allow public access to this plot of land, right. That people can just come and go as they please. Right. Like just, you know, the, the, the fast track. Uh, for Mexicans into the United States or the fast track from for uh, Americans into Mexico uh, and just leave it open. Like, don't develop the land. You don't need to make a city, um, you know, maybe, maybe just landscape a little bit so it's nice and comfy or, you know, you know as, as you cross through. Um, but yeah, you know, if, if you want to put a city there, like, you know, build the city uh, where it's, you know, half and half. I think there is a city like that somewhere where it's right on the border. Like you step over the line, all of a sudden you're in a different country or something like that. But they could do the same here. Um, just, you know, half of the cities in Mexico and just make sure, like, you know, the, the border, um, the, the, the border office or whatever is like, you know, dead center somewhere along there uh, to give people the opportunity. So I think it's fun. I think it's, I think it's a, a great illustration of, of what people can do. Um, and if there's any adjacent land to this vacant plot, right, where, where the, where's all the, the anti-border people, um, you know, and I'm one of them, right? But where's all the anti-border people uh, with with money uh, to go line up and say like, okay, this, you know, rather than rather than fighting the border wall, let's just you know take take the lead and take this example and just go ahead and buy up the adjacent land and expand this as far along uh, as far along the border as possible, uh, so that you know it, the the wall becomes not just an impossibility but a a you know cost sink 
as well and make it not even a, a reasonable uh, use of government funds to complete, knowing that you know more than half of the land that was you know, allocated for it is now privately owned and tied up in the legal system. One more article? Uh, sure. <clears throat> All right, sure. so another, another border wall article, because this one's fun too. Uh, Trump's border wall is no match for Mexican drug shooting bazooka. Uh, and here, even this ties into this one. While everyone salivates over the board game Cards Against Humanity's latest political stunt in buying a small piece of borderland in attempt to prevent President Trump from erecting his proposed Mexican wall, there's a greater crisis lurking that no wall will stop. A Mexican drug shooting bazooka. Uh, new evidence from Mexican daily El Universal suggests a wall would do very little to stem the flow of drugs across the border as drug cartels have resorted to mobile vans using a tubular mechanism powered by compressed air to launch drugs and other illegal objects into the United States. Uh, last week, the Attorney General's office and the Mexican Army seized a mobile bazooka housed inside a van on the border town of Agua Prieta, Sonoro, bordering Douglas, Arizona. According to authorities, the content within the van includes not just the drug bazooka, but 825 kilos of marijuana, cartridges, and an array of firearms of different caliber. Uh, the Mexican Daily El Universal provides additional details of the military operation seizing the bazooka van. It transpired that in a search diligence authorized by a judge as part of a preliminary investigation of the Ministerial Agency for Criminal Investigation on November 9th, uh, agents discovered several packages of marijuana and the van designed with a sliding roof where the bazooka comes out to launch drug packages to the United States. The article ends to say this is not the first time a drug bazooka has been found. Uh, back in 2016, the same border municipality secured a vehicle with projectile-type attachment for the launching of drug packages. Uh, Mexican drug cartels have been smuggling all types of illegal items into the United States for years. This is nothing new, but bazooka vans are a new phenomenon that no matter the height of the wall, drugs will be shot in. On the map below, bazooka vans have been seized on the Mexican border parallel to Douglas, Arizona, which happens to be a major port of entry for the drugs. Uh, and if you want to see that map real quick, uh, chiming in, uh, visit our page on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash anarchist experience or the group page, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience. Uh, and look for the article under the show prep. Back into it. Mexican authorities have had a busy year with more than 24,000 homicides on pace for the most violent year in history. As you guessed it, the drug war is fueling the crisis. Perhaps this is why Mexican drug cartels are resorting to bold techniques such as a bazooka vans and even drones, anything to stay ahead of the competition. As we noted in October, 2017 might be the most violent year in Mexican history, one NGO claims. Uh, Semaforo Delictivo said that due to the 24,000 homicides between January and September, the year is proving even worse than 2011 when President Felipe Calderon's war on drugs led to 22,000 homicides. Uh, president of the organization Santiago Royal said that 73% of murders committed in the first eight months of the year were related to organized crime. I uh, said that in 2007 there were 2828 executions. Now a decade later, 18,017 have been reported. All high-impact crimes have increased during current year, including abductions, homicides, and grand theft auto at gunpoint. According to Royal, uh, the main cause of violence and corruption is, uh, is the Merida Plan, which focuses on eradicating drug cartels. Evidence above suggests Mexican drug cartels will continue to innovate through technology as the drug war spirals out of control. For Trump's current and possible future wall, it's already obsolete, as cartels are now shooting drugs with a trajectory of over 500 feet. The evolutionary phase is quite clear. Drones are next, so why even build a wall? Uh, so your thoughts, MC, on a giant potato gun uh, firing drugs into the United States? 
uh, pretty cool. But um, he's very fucking. Cool. I guess. Uh, I guess uh, I don't know. What I was thinking the whole time is maybe maybe Mexico. Well, I'm, I'm sure of it. I think they they need to end the drug war there more than more than the U.S. Even. <laughs> yes, wow, they're the like ones 20, with the cartels. Twenty twenty three thousand people dead. Um, yeah, they they have a problem and they 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 don't see the obvious uh, solution. Um, prohibition doesn't work. It didn't work for the U.S. in the t- in the case of alcohol, and it's not working in the case of drugs in Mexico. So, yeah, it's really sad um, that that they can't see that or they or they don't want to. Um, I I guess uh, probably a lot of people in in the government benefit from the drug war. They get paid off by the cartels too. I guess so. Yeah, almost. Well, you know, it's either corrupt or dead, right? I mean, it's hard. Right. You know, I mean, I I said on the show before, I'm a big fan of the Mexican drug cartels um, because you know, if, even if you're not into violence, right? Clearly, that works, right? You you kill the head of police and enough times, and no one wants to be the head of police, and all of a sudden, you know, you take control. Um, but you take control to to provide a product and service to people willing to buy the product and service, right? Like it doesn't say who these twenty two thousand people are. Um, but I would guess that not a lot of them are, you know, the average, uh, everyday drug user, right? It's, it's probably, um, law enforcement and members of the drug cartel, um, getting into violent altercations across Mexico that are causing most of those deaths, right? So from, from either well, side, I'm sure a lot of people get cut in the crossfire, but yes, yeah, not, not the best way of doing things in my opinion. <laughs> No, I'm I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, you know, if if you look at it from the side of the police, it's like, well, most of the deaths are drug cartel, and if you look at it from the drug cartel, it's like most of the deaths are police. Um, but yes, in, you know, in those shootouts, um, you know, the, the in, innocents do get involved, um, but the, it's not like they're targeting innocents, right? Like, if if you're the yeah, average well, everyday citizen, hopefully yeah. not. They, if you're they mentioned, they mentioned kidnappings and stuff like that too, though. Yeah, but 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 again, it's if you're I I, I think. As a percentage, though, is trying to what I get. Like kidnappings happen anyway, right? And right. I, I don't want to get into that. But it, as as an everyday as an average everyday Mexican citizen, I don't think you're walking along the street worried about getting gunned down by the drug cartel, right? Like I don't I don't think that's the type of violence that they're that they're concerned about when it comes to this, right? It's not like the cartels are just like rolling through the street blasting on every passerby. I would guess. Sure, prob- probably. Okay. All right, but the, I guess the the problem is so just to play devil's advocate as uh, <clears throat> you have a uh, what do you call it? I don't know, drug cartel. You ha- you have a cr- criminal organization, um, and you don't have any any response to them anymore, and so they can do things like uh, k- kidnap, rape, and and steal from people and and now be, because they keep this drug war going now they have a, a a less viable way of of dealing with this uh these type of activities so if they right. would just end the drug war then they could focus on real crimes like and, kidnap and, rape and pillaging yeah yeah and that, and that's what they should be there for but uh because they can't and the drug war now now the the cartels gain enough power where they're they're now they're the people that are above the law so i don't know to me there's always going to be somebody above the law like whether it's the police or the drug cartels uh, or both but that's, or that's one and the same and that's why i uh, my 
what I want to do is, is, is get more people to become libertarians so that there's less chance of me running into the other type of people. <laughs> or anarchists, because libertarians yeah, or, piss yeah. me off too because they like, yeah. they're almost there. I, um, I would settle for libertarian though. And, that, and that's okay. kind of my, my whole thing. I, I made a comment to somebody recently. I, I said, uh, it, you know, being in the USA, like we, it should be, it should be at least a majority uh, of libertarians because it's supposed to be the land of the free and the brave and, and, and not the, the, the scared and the, the terrorized. Right. <laughs> so, right. You would think you would yeah. think, but you know, uh, decades of pacifism, um, and apparently, uh, eating soy, uh, has, has, uh, was, <laughs> did you see that article? No, no, I, 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 I get it though. <laughs> okay. I, I, if I find that one, I will send that to you privately because I don't. It's right. I don't think it's show worthy, but it was you know it was funny. Um, but yeah, so yeah, all, all of that you know dumbs people down where they go like, well, we, we just accept it until it gets pushed too much, and then like in a generation or two, there'll be another revolution, uh, probably a violent one, to to reset the tables, and we'll see what happens when that comes around. Final thoughts? Yeah, oh, pe- go ahead. Pe- people are eventually going to want bread. Yeah, and they're going mean, to want to stand in lines for that. <laughs> and and they might take it, right? Like it might not happen then. And I've said, you know, one of the other things I've said is, you know, if, if Thomas Jefferson and, and the founding fathers had HD TV, there would have been no revolution. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're in a very, we're in a very passive stage of history uh, when it well, comes to the acceptance of the state and the revolution for liberty and freedom. I, I know we're going long, but that that's, that's the whole thing to me is like people like the voting is way down, right? And there's a reason for that. There's no reason to vote. Like there's nothing worthy of of uh, my time to to change anything. Like uh, participation in politics is is down, um, especially in, in like in the in the Republican Party in Hawaii. It's funny because they don't even have enough people to fill all the the precincts, right? The precinct captains and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, people are not pursuing power that way. Um, there are some people that do, but those are the minority, the people who are connected and they know how to use that power. Um, so, but for the majority of people, they're they're not connected. They're not in the system. They're not. They don't want to be a part of it. And but they're still affected by it. They're still affected by it, and they, and they still defend it with their with their words too. But um, so what I think is a huge opportunity is to get all these people that that don't really care about politics just to say i'm you know i believe in liberty i i i, I basically sign up for the libertarian party whatever but just to be uh in opposition to the the other two parties that that they don't want to be involved with anyway so that's that's what i think the next step is is uh just getting more people to realize that there's an alternative and that alternative doesn't necessarily involve making more laws to uh, enforce uh, their will on them or on other people. So, kind of like a lazy political party because you know everybody's lazy. Everybody's too lazy to go to the polls, whatever. So we could have we have a party for you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, they gotta they gotta turn you know they gotta turn voting into an app of some kind. Where you know, I think you get more mm, participation if people didn't have to leave the house. If you wanted well, to, I don't want. I wouldn't. I don't want it, more participation. I don't want more participation. I just, I just want more people to admit 
that they're libertarian when I think most people are, they just don't know it yet. Okay. Um, and, and there's a whole lot of people that have never even really thought of it. And there's a lot of people that don't know that there is an alternative, you know, yes. they, they look at the two parties that some people didn't even know who Gary Johnson was. And then there, and then, and some people even, and, uh, you know, mentioned it, he got like a certain percentage of votes and they're like, wow, that that's actually kind of a lot, you know, for like, I didn't even know we had a third party, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if if I'm being honest, uh, you know, when when I was younger, uh, I was apolitical um, because I didn't really what I heard from the Democrats I didn't really agree with, and what I heard from the Republicans I didn't really agree with. And un, until you know, uh, like 2007, around that time, um, I didn't even understand like the third party system, right? Like I remember Ross Perot when I was in like sixth grade. And I go, well, that's pretty cool. Like, I'll take that guy at the time, just because he was not one of the other two. Right. Um, But if if there was a a stronger libertarian party presence where I was at at the time, um, they may have been able to recruit me. Because by the time I got around to, like, finding what it was that I I am, um, I just went straight to anarchist, right? And went, like... None, all that shit makes sense, and so let's just go. <laughs> none to the of the log- above, <laughs> but yeah, none of the above, and then let's go to the logical conclusion of all the all the libertarian talking points, which is well, you, let's just have an anarchist society, uh, and and not you know not not uh, dick around with the pretense of the word anarchy or anarchism or anarchist, right? Let's just you know call it what it is and accept what it is and just go with that, uh, and not soften the blow for people who are, who struggle. Uh, with hearing the word anarchist, uh, so we tell them, "Oh no, no, we're libertarians. It's, it's the same thing, except we vote, you know, or whatever." All right, we're long. You want to stop it? Let's stop. All right, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us: uh, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com/slash/anarchistexperience. Uh, join in on the discussion on the groups. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk uh, on the group page, and maybe not a lot of talk, but a lot of chatter. Uh, on, on my notifications about the Kratom story. So we didn't get to that. So uh, check that out and comment there. And if you want to comment or make sure we read it on the show, go ahead and post some stuff on the group page for show prep, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience. And if you want to donate to the show financially, we'd appreciate that because why not? Uh, we still have Patreon because uh, we're not alt right. So we're, we didn't get kicked off of there yet. Uh, Patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace.